I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. On today's episode, Ben Elwood returns as we continue our latest season of Deep Dive Directors. This time, we're looking at David Lynch's Wild at Heart. My name is Justin Hamilton, and I think this whole world is wild at heart and weird on top, here at Big Squid. Hello, and thank you for joining me today. We've had so many new guests on the podcast recently that I was looking at uh, all the podcasts that have been banking up, and I realized we hadn't uh, had a David Lynch episode for a while, so I thought, oh, we'd better fix that. And uh, here we are. We are going to be looking at uh, David Lynch's Wild at Heart today, which is great. And uh, just between you and me, we, we've already recorded the next two as well. Ben and I have already uh, had a big chat about Twin Peaks Fire with me. And today, as I am recording this intro, earlier we had already done Lost Highway, which is my favourite David Lynch film. Uh, but I do love this one and it's, uh, it's interesting actually because... This time when I was watching this uh, viewing of Wild at Heart, I had a new take on it, which is great. That's a good movie, isn't it? When you can come at it after all these years. I saw it at the cinema when it was first released. And then decades later, you can watch it and you can get something new out of it. It's very exciting. Anyway, I don't want to get too ahead of myself. You'll hear about that very soon. But first, a couple of quick notes. For my Adelaide listeners, I'll be performing at the Rhino Room for the first time in 18 months. I know, doesn't time fly when you're having <laughs> COVID issues? Anyway, uh, I will be back in Adelaide on the 3rd of June. And uh, looking forward to performing there. As I said, it's been ages. And for my listeners, if you go to adelaidecomedy.com and use the password HAMO, 
H A double M O, not Hamo. Hamo. You will receive a big squid discount. And for my Patreon subscribers, you will receive two free tickets to the show. So make sure you head to the Patreon site for more details. I put up a post on Monday that has the latest severance script. So when you go there and you see that script, you'll also find the details to uh, sign up for that offer. Anyway, I'm really looking forward to getting back to Adelaide. I just did a week of gigs at the Comedy Store and it was so much fun and uh, I was doing a lot of brand spanking new material and I'm actually quite keen to get back to it after (laughs) you're probably hearing me banging on about, I don't know, I don't know if I'm going to go back to comedy and then I had a really good time. You know what it was, it was the, uh, the process. It was the process of putting it all together. That's what really kind of fired the synapses. It was the the physical act of writing new material and, and building it and adding to it and, and seeing where it would go. So that's why I had such a good fun time last week and uh, I'm keen to uh, bring it to Adelaide and, you know, hopefully uh, other cities in Australia at some point. That would be nice. I haven't performed in Melbourne for, <laughs> oh my God, a long time. Like... Like, uh, this decade. That's a crazy sentence. Anyway, uh, we'll talk about that some other time. Uh, Speaking of Patreon, when you sign up, you not only receive bonus podcasts, uh, you get the uh, Dispatches from the Fury Road podcast. There is a blog at my site that goes by the same name, but the podcast is usually uh, a different version of that blog. It's usually a uh, director's commentary of that blog. But uh, you get those podcasts, uh, you also get scripts, you get all sorts of goodies, and you also get an episode dedicated to you. And today's episode shout-out goes to The Longs. Thank you for your support of the podcast, and uh, I really hope you enjoy today's episode. It's uh, it's a fun episode, and uh, you know maybe you'll want to watch the movie before you have a listen. But even if you don't, Ben and I work really hard on making sure that there's heaps of jumping on points. So I hope you enjoy that. And uh, by signing up to the Patreon, apart from all the bonuses you receive, the thing that I really appreciate is you help me keep this podcast advert free. That is. My ultimate goal is to keep this advert free. I don't know if that is a long-term possibility, but I've managed so far, and uh, the more that we can kind of uh, build up that subscriber list, uh, that keeps us in a position where we can kind of keep this nice and pure. And, uh, you know, <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, we can talk about some grotty things here, but they, they're grotty on our playing field. Do you know what I mean? So... Anyway, uh, so to the Longs, thank you for subscribing and and thank you for the support. None of this is taken for granted. Uh, If you'd like to subscribe, please head over to patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton underscore Big Squid and you can find a tier that suits you. Uh, Especially, you know, like with the severance uh, episodes, uh, lots of people really wanted to, uh, you know, read the the, the scripts, you know, like every episode of the podcast takes two days to produce. It's a lot of watching, writing uh, scripts, taking down notes, coming up with thoughts, recording, producing. I do all of that by myself. So uh, sometimes it's just nice to uh, show you what's gone into the podcast. It's not just some idiot uh, sitting by himself talking into a microphone. Though, 
Uh, there have been episodes like that, but uh, yes, a lot of work and a lot of research goes into these episodes. So uh, sometimes you might miss them when you're listening, and then you can go and you can find the script and you can find bits and pieces. But anyway, uh, if that kind of stuff suits you, or if you just think, oh, I wouldn't mind throwing a few bucks your way uh, to keep it going, uh, once again, Justin Hamilton underscore Big Squid. Uh, at the end of the podcast, I'll give you a heads up on what is happening over the next couple of weeks. But before then, it's time to catch up with Lula as she reacquaints herself with the love of her life, Sailor. Their love knows no bounds, but Lula's mother is desperate to keep them apart and will make whatever deals with whoever she can to break their bond. Let's slip on our snakeskin jackets as we delve into David Lynch's Wild at Heart. Can I talk to Lula? You are not going to see him ever. Mark Hale. I'd go the far end of the world for you, baby. A man can't ask for more than that. You move me, Sale. You really do. You want me to shoot Sailor in the brains with a gun? Uh-oh. <laughs> I didn't have much parental guidance. Baby, you better run me back to the hotel. You got me hotter in Georgia asphalt. This whole world wild and hard and weird on top. I may have had the greatest week of movie watching I've ever experienced. Ever? Yeah, like... Let me guess, you had a Christopher Nolan... A thon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the second best movie experience of my life. So uh, I went on Sunday to see the new Pedro Almodovar film, Parallel mm-hmm. Mothers, which I loved. Great. Then on the Monday, I went and saw The Worst Person in the World, which I thought was... like I loved Parallel Mothers, so this is... Mm-hmm. I'm not really comparing the two, but I was blown away by The Worst Person in the World. Mm-hmm. Possibly one of my... All-time favourite films just from one watch. Really? I was really, really engaged. And uh-huh. then and then I watched this on Tuesday night, which I have seen before. But Wild at Heart. Yep. yep. Uh, which, but I haven't seen in a long time. And then on Saturday, I, so we did four days of the chase in a row and mm. they are 10 plus hours. Mm. Had... Uh, I'm on this medication, which is not nothing bad, but I'm just not sleeping. So I had about three hours sleep on Friday night. Was in it... TV at 7.30 the next day, was there all day and then was kept around for a little bit longer for some other project where, hey, can you help out with this? I was like, oh, yeah, okay, no worries. And then uh, by accident, 
went to buy a ticket to see uh, drive my car on the Sunday, accidentally bought it for the Saturday, thought, well, fuck it, I'll go, and went and saw a three-hour Japanese movie about grief and was engaged the whole time really? on, on no sleep. I was so engaged. I was so into it, and wow. I... You know, like a couple of times of just shifting to make yourself comfortable, but yeah. did not flinch. And I was like, wow, that's a hell of a week of really mm. good films and very, you know. Maybe diff- the fact that you'd seen two uh, subtitled movies earlier in the week primed you for the three-hour experience what, yeah. when you were so tired. I, I admire that, man. I would have... Uh, when if I'd made that error after a ten hour day, I would have been like, "Oh well." <laughs> well, it, it was it was weird. I didn't know uh, how I felt about it. You know, when it's like there was there was the the blind panic. Holy shit! Yeah, and yeah. then it was, well, what else are you doing for the rest of the night? Are you mm. just going to lounge around and say I feel tired? Yeah. Well, have a shower, get dressed, go, sit there. Total respect. Watch it, and it was great. Total respect. And it was uh, great re-watching this film, Wild at Heart, again. Uh, I saw this... Uh, I reckon this is... Uh, I will not be surprised if you did not enjoy it. Or uh, it's lower end Lower Lynch. end, yes. It's lower end for me. I feel like I saw this very much at exactly the right time in yeah. my life the first time, which mm-hmm. was after seeing Twin Peaks. Ah, of So course. I saw it at the cinema. Right. I had... No idea what I was seeing. I just all I knew was that it was a David Lynch film. I'd seen, I knew very little about Nicolas Cage at that point. Mm. I knew very little about Laura Dern mm-hmm. at that point. Probably less about Laura Dern. And I, the Willem Dafoe was the biggest star that I knew in the film, and he is the grottiest man that ever lived in the Dennis Hopper role. In the Dennis Hopper <laughs> role. Yeah, yeah, great, right? And it's. Felt like a one-inch punch to the chest in the cinema. Like, mm, I'm 18, mm, just mm. experiencing an overwhelming rush of emotions. And it's funny to watch it now. I can see where it, it, it's not perfect by any means. Yeah. But I can still recall that my senses just, like, peaking. Yeah, like, yeah. my hearing, my sight. It, like It's a smelly it's film. a smelly movie. And off the back of um, Loving Twin Peaks, it would have been electric because there's so many uh, cameos. Yes. So many cameos. Yes. I counted six, but there might be more. No, I reckon you're about right on uh, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it was, uh, you know, it, it's funny. I've kind of approached our uh, script for this a little bit different because it, as a... As a scene by scene, mm-hmm. going from A to Z journey, mm. it's a little bit all over the shop. Mm. Uh, but I feel like this is a a tactile film. And uh, yeah. how old were you when you saw this? I did. I only saw this for the first time t- two or three years ago. Oh right. Yeah. This is I, this I is one of the blind re- spots. Right. I knew it was recent, but I didn't yeah, realize yeah, it yeah. was. And I think I I think I loved it a lot more the first time. I think the maybe the flaws of it were more. Or maybe it's just we've watched so much Lynch of late that mm. it was kind of in contrast to, mm. rather than like a hot shot of Lynch out of nowhere. Um, but I mean, there's still so much good in there. I, I honestly, I think the only, I think the only way to improve this movie would be just to shave 20 minutes out of it, yeah, and just tighten it up, and then I think it would be much better, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, you know, there's there's a lot to there's a lot to love. 
<laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot, lot to dig into as well. Starting with, uh, according to Lynch, one of the film's themes is finding love in hell. Mm. Uh, and as a first up statement, what what do you think of this from Lynch? Well, I, it's funny because I think this is in the same category of films as you know, I guess. Not starting with Bonnie and Clyde, but you know, there's the you know the crazy lovers on the lamb. Yeah, movies, Badlands, Natural Born Killers, Bonnie and Clyde, uh, and I think this is of that subgenre of movies. Yeah, but it's it, and c- completely keeping with Lynch, it is more about what it feels like. Yes, that heady. You know, everything's fucking crazy and we just want to fuck all the time and there's fire burning and everything's red and whoa. Um, You know, and just their kind of visceral excitement. You know, that little... um, that little dance that Laura Dern does on the bed after she's painting her nails. Yes. And, like, and then yeah. suddenly it cuts to the club or when they just pull over on the side of the freeway and they're karate kicking and dancing yes. and the dust clouds are going everywhere. It's that, um, you know, it's a, again with Lynch keeping in that kind of like dreamlike realm of what this experience feels like more yeah. than any kind of actual reality. Yeah, yeah. So, the, the, the reality of it feels inconsequential yeah. to the... Uh, it's It's... American myth. Totally. And, uh, you know, like, like I know there's the Wizard of Oz kind of <laughs> strung all the way through it in a, in a kind of weird kind yeah, yeah, of way. Yeah. But uh, th- th- that kind of adds to the, the American myth side of it to me. Like, you could have yeah. made this like a, like a Greek mythological story. And, yeah. they, and they could have been, one could have been, you know, an elf and one could have been a, yeah. a dwarf and the, they could have been meeting you know, griffins and all sorts of totally. things and, totally. had, and had angry gods from Olympus coming after them. That's kind of how it feels, but it's all down in the dirt and the yeah. grot. Yeah, and when he says it's uh, finding love in hell, I think the, the point of that is that like when you are in that, you know, I don't know if it's possible past a certain age, but definitely in your teens, 20s, when you're in that real deranged love, uh, the world can be a filthy cesspit around you and it doesn't yeah. matter. Because, yeah. you know, like, everyone in this movie is such a fucking grot. Yeah. Um, but it never encroaches on their love. Yes. Or the intensity of their love. Yes. Um, you know, so I think I think that's probably what he means by that. And then in terms of, like, the Wizard of Oz and the, um, the Elvis streak. Yeah. I think that's, like, you know, like, the, when people think of American myth, a lot of it's the Old West. Right. And those, you know, those kind of things. And it's, like... That's definitely American mythology, but it's the American mythology of old. Yeah. And I think Lynch, growing up as he did, being being very interested in the grot just beneath the surface of suburbia and stuff. Yeah. It stands to reason that Wizard of Oz and Elvis is like a new American myth. Yes. That's yes. kind of threaded throughout this. And yes. it gives it a resonance that is more, for me more potent in this story than if it was Cowboys or whatever Paul Bunyan or right. the usual American iconography well, I, I haven't seen a movie that uses Wizard of Oz as a, a a mythological metaphor throughout yeah yeah that's a really good point and it's uh, it's like the the modern myth of the 50s mm. uh, somehow surviving through the ruins of the original mythological Western yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, of, uh, of of America and, and yeah. the mythology that they 
sort of talk about themselves and he's kind of showing, look at it, decaying over here and falling apart here. And it's, uh, it, it, I, it's funny, the... So when I rewatch this film, and uh, I seem to rewatch it, like there's pretty big gaps. It's mm. not one that I go back to often, mm. and then I always have slightly different reactions to it. Mm. It was funny. Uh, I probably didn't enjoy the movie as much as I have in the past this time, mm. but I was hungry to uh, write this stuff down and talk to you about yeah. it. I really wanted to, to discuss it. Yeah, it was yeah, almost yeah. it was almost frustrating. <laughs> that we didn't start the podcast as soon as it finished. Yeah, 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 yeah. I watched it with my buddy Rodney and I'm glad I watched it with a friend who, you know, we got a little bit soused, had a few beers. Yeah. And it was it was fun in that context as yeah. well. You know, there was a couple of moments. It, it felt open to being able to not be talked over the whole way through. No. But unlike a lot of that Lynch stuff where it's like dragging you through a nightmare where you don't want to puncture the atmosphere with any kind of comment yeah you kind of sit there in hushed reverential silence yes it felt this this had a bit of room to go well that was fucking crazy yeah. this cage is pretty fucking cool right yeah, yeah he's really cool yeah. yeah anyway back to the movie yeah <laughs> yeah it was um yeah it was a fun fun watch well as you know in my apartment i have this uh, great dyson fan but i don't have air conditioning and i felt like it was also the perfect time of year to watch it because i was like <laughs> sweaty oh geez i'm <laughs> feeling claustrophobic and uh, <laughs> gross already uh the opening credits used the song Im Abendrot from Richard Strauss's Four Last Songs, inspired by Eichendorff's poem by the same name. It tells the story of an aging couple at the end of their lives together looking at a setting sun and asking, is that perhaps death? The burning match creates an uncontrollable fire and we're immediately thrown into the world of Sailor and Lulu, at the very least emotionally. Uh, the credits are kind of crazy, aren't they? Like oh, the they're exploding they're, flame. Yeah, and that, and that use of the music yeah. and the way the... The, the words come shooting yeah. out at you. Um, you know, you mentioned before this is kind of about young love and how yeah. it uh, feels when you're experiencing it for the first time. And I even yeah. feel like the credits, they show you what it feels like to be in love when you're young and free of compromise and nothing burns you up inside oh, yeah. like that first oh, yeah. touch of it. Yeah, deranging and uh, all-encompassing. yeah. You know, I mean, there's a part of me as I get older that goes like, oh, it would be good to feel that again. But at the same time, it's like, I don't even know if it's possible. No. Because it's so all-consuming. Yes. And like, you're literally, you know, unable to really engage with anything other than the either the the being in the relationship or thinking about the relationship when the other person's not around. It's uh, it's kind of life shattering <laughs> to oh, be yeah. that blah, in love. Well, it's. Uh, I think it's an impossibility once you get past a certain age and so. you've had experience. Yeah. And I have to be honest. I just don't trust anyone who keeps experiencing it throughout their life. Yeah. Like I, I think it's. I I genuinely think you are not in touch with who you really are yeah. because, and that might sound like I'm not being romantic. I think there's still place for romance. I think there is still place for a certain kind of love, but at a certain point, that first love, when you first break Mm. up with someone, it's Mm. like, how is my life going to go on? And then as you get older, you know, oh yeah, uh, three months of feeling down, probably eating some bad food 
drinking some bad drink. I'll probably start to look a bit shit. I'll start to get back on track. Then I'll have that day when I realise that I haven't thought about them at all and that'll be a bittersweet moment and then I'll have a sandwich (laughs) and then I'll meet someone else and we'll connect on a completely different level or won't. Yeah, yeah, And, you know, you're going to be fine because you have been fine. Yeah, I think the... uh yeah, that intense. I, I mean, I don't even know if that 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 intensity is chemically possible past a certain age. Yeah, you know, I mean, no, to, from 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 a from a bloody red hot blooded heterosexual male's perspective, you know, when you're <laughs> nineteen and you feel like you're cum drunk, you don't even, yeah. like, you know, you can't even think properly. No. <laughs> the worst kind of drunk too. The worst kind of drunk, and you do not want to be having a milk moustache. It is a bad look for everyone. Frothy saliva. It's yeah. just gross. <laughs> but I don't. I don't want to like. I don't want to experience that again. I don't want to. I don't want to feel. Well, because you're out of control. Yes, you're not in control of your thoughts. No, you know. You, you, you. Look, I mean, maybe this is more a reflection of the toxic relationships that I've been in. But your decision making capacity is far out the window. I think we've yes. talked about this before. They've done neurological scans on people that are in that kind of love, and like you're clinically insane. Yes, your, your, your capacity to make pragmatic life decisions is non is offline. Oh, you are yeah. offline. Yeah, um, and it's yeah, it's a wonderful feeling, but yeah, I just uh, well, it's it, everything's everything's too extreme. The highs are too giddy, yeah. and the lows are too devastating, yeah, yeah, and. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you, you, you can experience highs and lows. This is not saying this is not an either-or conversation. You can experience highs with someone yeah, and lows, of course. But you just kind of that's that's maturity. That's being a grown-up yeah, yeah, is yeah. being able to thread that needle of experiencing all of that yeah. and not making some crazy-ass decisions. Yeah, that, the, well, that, that 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 level of passion. Like I'm not saying that long-term passion is not possible. It absolutely is. Yes. But that that intensity of passion. Yeah, there's. <laughs> I think there's a sickness that comes with it yeah. past a certain point. Like I, I did a gig on Valentine's Day. Uh, oh, I, I called yes, you from that gig. Yes. Um, <laughs> it actually was really fun. Yeah. Uh, but I got on and I was just kind of like, uh, just talking to the couples and everything. And I was like talking to one couple, and like, how long have you been together? And they were like, oh, nine years. And I was like, oh, so I guess the, the sex is just petered off and it's just you staring into your separate screens at night. And uh, the woman's like, no, we fuck better than we ever did. It's fucking awesome. And I'm like, what's the secret? And they both just in unison go to secretly hate each other. (laughs) That's really funny. So the secret to passionate sex at the nine-year mark is to have contempt for each other. Yeah. Sounds healthy. But also, (laughs) they obviously have a good sense of humour that they would both answer that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But they, but like, like they would. They, we, I mean, we got into a whole thing, and they were saying, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we we have a good hate fuck every couple of weeks." Like, yeah, okay, that's yeah. I guess got to oh, work you... out the contempt somehow. Oh yeah, great, great. <laughs> are you <laughs> are you really going to be playing that shit music again? Oh, are you really going to make me eat that meal that you know that I think's fucking blend? Straight to the bedroom, and also <laughs> get. Get Lulu and Sailor's uh, favourite uh, band together, Power Mad, and they so uh, go for gold, right? So good. Uh, within seconds of the credits, we're meeting Sailor, Lulu, mm. Lulu's mother, Marietta Fortune, played by... MVP. Just out of control, Diane Ladd, who, of course, is Laura Dern's mother in real life. 
and uh, we meet them all really quickly. We have an assassination attempt yeah. and uh, a bloody violent murder by Sailor. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it yeah, all yeah, happens yeah. really quickly and oh, yeah. with that great moment of him with his cigarette just pointing up at yeah. the mum in contempt. And the music also is an assault during that scene. Like, that's what I mean about when I was younger yeah. and having that those opening credits and then that opening scene and just like <laughs> being 18 and thinking... What is happening? Like, what is experiencing this? This is like... And this movie starts with a massive exclamation mark. This is a melodramatic world turned up to 11. And every character you realise right from the start is going to experience emotions in capital letters. Like, no one's going to just be, I feel a bit sad. They're going to be... I'm the saddest I've ever been. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. And they're not going to be happy. I'm the happiest I've Hilarious. ever been. Um, I watched uh, David Stratton and Margaret Pomeranz's review of this from ah, 1990. Interesting. What do you reckon Stratton thought about this movie? Whew. Well... Now, if you don't know David Stratton, listeners, he is uh, one yes. of Australia's premier movie reviewers, very erudite, uh, some would say buttoned-down, prim man. What do you think that he thought of Wild at Heart? Yeah, interesting because, uh, and we'll get into this in the squid bits, this was a poorly reviewed film mm. and was notoriously booed at Cannes mm. and that. Uh, Stratton's a tough one. Man, that's a good question. Does he come in with full marks? What, as in, did he give it a... Like, I, I feel like he's either one or the other. I yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's, he's got a strong opinion. Yeah. yeah. I, I think uh, he takes us by surprise and loves it. Four and a half stars. He fucking loves it. Yes, and he and he specifically references the music yes. and the ratcheted up emotion. He's, yeah. he's like, but I mean, he, Margaret also gives it four and a half. They're both yeah. glowing about it. Yeah, uh, and you forget because it's being reviewed in 1990, so it's really at the birth of the idea of Lynch. He's not this kind of grandfathered in figure that he is in pop culture now. Right. But they're both talking about what a just a, a, an unbelievable talent he is and what yep. an incredible voice. And But it's so funny hearing Stratton specifically talk about the music because, I mean, the music is this, you know, fucking full-on heavy thrash metal all right. the way through. Uh, and you just... Uh, <laughs> to me, it's incongruent in my head that Stratton would be there going, oh, fabulous music. <laughs> yes. Well, he's uh, he's a he's a strange one. Like, yeah. like he's, a, he's a real cinephile and yeah. he... He, he, has, lo- he does uh, love Lynch. Yes. He adores Lynch. Maybe we should make that a, a new little regular part of the segment for when you have time. You, you, what did Margaret and David say? Yeah. I miss Margaret and David. Yes, everyone does. Everyone does. Uh, well, they were, so, they were so defined in their taste that you mm. could... Um, you, you knew who to trust with certain types of movies yeah. and um, they had good banter. Yeah, that authoritative kind of review doesn't really exist these days, does it's it? It's so Every- funny. I found a picture of me with Margaret Pomerantz just yesterday. Uh, do you remember me? Hmm. We, we only spoke briefly, but you know how uh, my new computer, which has been causing me all sorts oh, of yeah, teeth yeah, gnashing, yeah. Uh, overnight updated its operating system and then synced up to my laptop. And huh. then between the two of them, while I wasn't looking, they said, why don't you take these files and I'll take these files. Oh, fuck, what will I do with these files? Oh, I'll just put them over here. Yeah, I'll put these over here. And... Uh, Shall we tell him? Nah, fuck it. And so... <laughs> Let's uh, give him a project. So I spent ages trying to find things. And then I, anyway, I found a photo of me with Margaret Pomerantz. I've heard she's lovely. She is adorable. Yeah. Adorable. But um, that might be a fun little segment. When you, when you have time. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, yeah. no, it actually inspired me to watch more of their reviews. Yeah, uh, been that's a, a great idea. Yeah. Um, I had... Uh, so this is the thing that I really wanted to talk to you about is that I had a very different experience watching this movie this time 
as I saw it less as a story about Sailor and Lulu. Mm. And I saw it more as a story about Lulu yeah. with her co-star Sailor. Yeah, and, oh no, yeah, for sure. Um, how did you, uh, before I bang on about this, how, how did you see this film? Well, yeah, I think it is more about uh, Lulu because, you know, we, we find out we find out a bit about Sailor, but it's more just through... Started smoking when he was four. Cha- chain smoking. <laughs> chain smoking. When he was four. <laughs> um, <and laughs> Fucking <we're>, funny. <laughs> he's saying like... Yeah. <laughs> that's what Rodney said at the end. He's like, man, Nicolas Cage should have been in more David Lynch movies. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, but, you know, we find out bits and pieces about Sailor, but we... By the end, I don't know that I know him any better than I did at the start. No. Whereas we find out all about Lulu's uh, traumas. Well, yeah, I can read you through them if you like. Oh, go like, for like, it. Not, not through the traumas, but through her character arc. Yeah, sure. So I wrote this down. Uh, this is a young woman who is attempting to escape her pathological mother who has been shaped by men in terrible ways, including sexual assault and the murder of her father. A key scene for her is when she's driving along while sla- Sailor sleeps in the back of the car and as she flips through the radio mm. stations, it is just one terrible story after another from divorce tales to children being murdered to even someone having sex with a corpse. Yeah. Sorry, I'm only laughing because it's funny. <laughs> Violence haunts Lulu and when she pulls over the car in disgust and insists Sailor finds some music they find their favorite speed metal band and then thrash around dancing in the desert just as the golden hues of sunset ushered the music of strauss back to the fore Mm. this all made me see her story about not only escaping her past but also not allowing her past to define her Mm. which i think makes this film quite beautiful and optimistic yeah absolutely man absolutely yeah and that kind of rejection of the trauma of life yeah. and, you know, just kind of choosing to dance instead of wallowing in it. Yes. After, um, uh, obviously, Bob Saget recently died and I wasn't a huge Bob Saget guy, uh, but I did admire his outlook on life and everyone I know that knew him. Oh, yeah. Did has... you read Ronnie Chang's no, tribute to him? Beautiful. No. But He um, was very nice to uh, Ronnie. I'm sure. Yeah. He, well, yeah, I'm sure he was. I mean, yeah. I, I, I met him briefly through um, Provenza. And he was just just really sweet, and yeah. you know, um, and you know, there was a tribute done by Jeff Ross and someone else, but they were talking about you know how Saget suffered incredible traumas, uh, and you know, it was basically his kind of mantra of like choosing to be kind and choosing to. Yeah. Uh, laugh instead of wallowing in the shit of life. Yeah. You know, acknowledging that life is really fucked up and hard and difficult and it's like that for everyone. Um, And it's almost like that's... I used to kind of be cynical of that and the older I get, the more I realise it's actually quite a transgressive act. Yes, I I think so too. But I think it is a... Well, I think it's a natural uh, evolution to go through because all the way through school, you're just... You, you, for the most part, you're just told you got to be happy, you got to achieve, you got to mm. set out your goals, you got to know who you are, you got to plan everything, you got to get everything ready and put it in place so mm. that way you can get that job that you're going to have for the next forty years, so you can get that uh, house and you can get that family. You can, yeah. you know, is this my beautiful life? You know, <sighs> talking heads kind of situation, and then, and then that has to even out with that young cynicism and rejection of the people in positions of power who do invariably let us down yeah. and then and then there's a point where 
and I, I think it's good to experience that cynicism and then you do have to make a, a decision where you can either move forward or, you know... Dude, be a i got a friend at the moment who has basically lost the ability to laugh and the capacity for joy. And oh, yeah, I've got a few too. Is, it is apocalyptic. Right. Once you hit a certain age... And you fully reckoned with the fact that life is pretty fucked up in yep. a lot of very dark ways, yep. and that there's a profound injustice and all the rest, all the all the negative things. If somehow in that you're not able to square it so that you can have some kind of jester-like quality and be able to laugh in the face of it, yeah, I think you're basically dead. I think yes. you're, you're toast. You're yep. fucked. Because yeah. there's really no... If you can't access joy... Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. And I'm seeing that happen with a friend and it's it's really devastating to, to see. And, it's not and I don't see the way out of it. Well, yeah, and, and they have to do it. They have to do it, yeah. So, you know, I'm speaking slightly out of turn, but, you know, do you, because of COVID and, uh, you know, mum's uh, autoimmune system yeah. being compromised, uh, you know, she spent a lot of time by herself and she kind of went into, like, she's been fine, but she's also gone into some slightly darker areas where, you know, there would be times where there were conversations where you're like, oh, like, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. like, this is kind of bumming me out. And then uh, she's made a decision and she's got a, uh, a personal trainer at 68. She's Great. got a personal trainer who's a friend of mine. Mm. And I set them up and the change in the last few weeks has been astronomical mm-hmm. to the extent that I get messages from both of them after each session and they they're both laughing at the same things Great. you know Great like you know he got her to do some boxing and uh, my 68 year old mum fucking threw a haymaker like Mike Tyson <laughs> and took him so much by surprise and they were both laughing about yeah. that you know but yeah, that yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. she made a decision made the choice that's the thing i think the wallow a lot of the time is if not a conscious choice definitely a subconscious one yeah the this is this is the you know i choose to stay in this because it's comfortable or it's familiar or yeah whatever it is uh and you know that when you are talking to someone in that place and look i've been in that place yeah uh where you know fucking the dalai lama could knock on their door and offer them 15 different not even solutions just starting points to start to claw their way out and they will find 10 reasons why each of those methods won't work. Right. Right. And it's just like, okay, like you're not, you don't want to get out of this because no. everything that's being suggested or every possible path is just immediately like, no, 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 that's a bad idea. Yeah. So, okay. Like, well, <laughs> you but, know, <laughs> but also, but also it comes down to how much is, how much is your responsibility with, the people around you like that. Do you know what I mean? Plus, at a certain so point, there's nothing you can do. You, you've got the responsibility towards yourself. Yeah. And that is then... Uh, it, it's not even responsibility to other people. It's responsibility to yourself, mm. which then kicks on in positive ways to other people. Mm. So, that's the way you've got to look at it. And then, uh, and then being around people like that, mm. there's... Like, I'm finding... You know, at this point in my life, my empathy levels mm. are they're, they're not 
they're not across the board down. Like I was saying, to the, I was saying to a friend, I'm at October patience levels, mm. and it's not even March yet. <laughs> but it's not. But if there's someone who's having a run of bad luck who needs all the empathy, I've, 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 I'm up to the brim for those people. I'm good to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But it's the people who continue to. Uh, commit the same acts yes. and and go through the same spirals. Yes. I I've done my best, dude. And now I've got to look out for myself because totally. because also and this is such a hard thing to say because if because it sounds a bit like I don't know I just can't too much. But no. when you're an empathetic person and you and you take shit on board, yeah. invariably. I've been in situations where I've given so much of myself to someone and then I've sat on that lounge over there for four mm-hmm, days mm-hmm. trying to recalibrate. Oh, totally. Totally. And it's that thing of like, you know, someone's in a pit of shit, fine. Yeah. And you're at the top of the pit or maybe not even the top. It's some little fucking divot in the middle of it. Little you're, nook, yeah, mate. yeah, yeah, you're in a Tasty nook. Little you're nook. still in there. Yeah. But, you know, you're a little bit above where they are. Yeah. And you throw the rope down to try and haul them out and it's like... If you want to grab the rope and help haul yourself out, and I can help you as well, let's go. Yeah. If you continue to fap the rope away, or even worse, grab the rope and start yanking on it so that yeah. I fall fucking where you are, I'm done. I'm yeah. fucking over it, man. Yeah. You know, and it's 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 a very fine line, and I think you're right. It, it, it gets finer as you get older between how much of my... like. Empathy, it seems to be like a a, a, a resource. Yeah. Or like, uh, you know, like... You've got a, to replenish it. Yeah. Like, yeah. you don't have an infinite well. Yeah. Um, and so, what's the line between, I want to help you, I want to help you, I want to help you, but you uh, have absolutely, adamantly refused to help yourself. Right. What, what can I do? What can a I certain do? certain point. Yeah. But then, how do you walk away from a person? Yeah. And it's that's, really fucking hard. It's a tough thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, Sometimes you, what I do is uh, I think of it as minimizing the target. So I kind of minimize my interactions with them. Yeah. So then, uh, so it's it's not like I'm not here, but I'm I've made myself so yeah. opaque yeah. that you're kind of forgetting about me as well, and yeah. I'm not actually going to reach out. Yeah. And then, hopefully, when you do, then then I'm good to go. Yeah, but I yeah, can't yeah. I can't be subservient to your continual mistakes yes the problem also with it is is that when you are getting burnt out by these people and there are there's you know mum said to me when i was younger the world's made up of givers and takers and you've got to be careful because you're a giver and i at the time i thought that is so cynical and now i'm ready to have it tattooed across (laughs) my forehead but um what happens is when people are bleeding you dry sometimes you then aren't empathetic to the people who need it. Oh, so, totally. So um, you may have... You, you've heard me tell that routine about my friend who's uh, been giving money to that young fella from Kenya. Yes, and, yes, uh, yes, 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 yes. And, uh, you know, COVID's been really hard over there and he needed some help. And so I sent over a little bit of money for him. And then, um, you know, he's... Uh, and my friend got in touch with me and, you know, we were talking off air, but last week was a challenge mm, for me, mm. a real challenge physically and emotionally. Mm. And I got this message from her and she was extremely apologetic, but he needed some money because he because of COVID and he can't work and what he needs to do is buy a TV and he's going to charge people to come over and watch 
the football right. to try and make money right. to help his family. Right. And I was just a bit, I just can't do it at the moment. I just can't do it. I'm mm. so sorry. Uh, this is just beyond me at the moment. And she was so apologetic. And I came home, I sat down and I was like, yeah, of course I can do it. Mm. Of course I can do it. Like why? But it wasn't, the reaction was I've been bled dry here. And I've been oh, totally. dry here and I'm exhausted over here. And this person's asking for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you send it through and it's done. And you've done, you, you've done the right thing. Yeah. You know? But yeah, it's, uh, I used to say it when I worked at the with with kids. You know, after I'd be I'd be on a ten day cycle, I'd be great for nine, and then on the tenth, right. I'd be like, okay, like yeah. I made a crepe paper. You guys just need to back up a bit. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. there was one day it was like they were just like yeah, yeah, bin, bin. it's like stop saying my name like a two syllable word. Yeah, it's a yeah. one syllable word. Stop yeah. saying bin. Yeah. Uh, and eventually, I just started going like, I am not a chip. I am not a chip, and you are not seagulls. Stop it. <laughs> but that's what it felt like, yeah. you know? Yeah. The last fucking chip. Yeah. Like, I don't... Just stop. I don't, yeah. I don't have anything else to give. Yeah. You know, and you realise it's like... And I don't think people mean to do it. I just think it's a natural kind of thing that happens. It's probably been happening since day dot of the human species and way before then. Yeah. But I think if... Unless clear boundary lines are drawn... There is a certain type of person who will suck you the fucking marrow out of your bones and then yeah. they'll complain that there's no marrow left. Yeah. Where, where, where'd all the marrow go? It's uh, in you. Yeah. It's in you. You got it all, buddy. Yeah. And now I am the incredible husk. Uh, by the way, Laura Dern, what a phenomenal <laughs> great, performance. Great turn. What a... F- like, like, we just watched her in Blue Velvet, the innocent young girl who... Mm is uncertain that there is even any darkness out there yeah. in the world and attracted to this strange Jeffrey to yeah. this out of control like she like she is genuinely sexy mm-hmm. she's funny mm-hmm. uh she's kind oh, and heartbreaking know. yeah she's that um that- beautiful blend of um uned- like kind of uneducated but philosophical as yeah. well it's, street smart yeah it's a great character and she is yeah. she is magnificent in it yeah 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 and all the yeah the heartbreak of what goes on in the hotel room in the last quarter of the movie is uh pretty profound yes yeah like one of the most like i remember see that's a scene i vividly remember from seeing in adelaide at the cinema with willem coming in yeah oh. and just being so confused by it <sighs> and and having all these awful Emotions kind of drawn out of me, and it was like, oh my mm. god, and and then also just feeling terrible that I laughed when he jumps back and does his line with his weird teeth. Mm. And I did like I laughed, yeah, because it's funny. It's it's but funny, it's awful. And it, yeah, and it's awful, and it's everything, and yeah. it's like, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's a hell of a performance. Have you seen his comment on that performance? Uh, it's probably my most realized character I've ever played. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's just the best. He's just the best. Willem Dafoe is the fucking best. Yeah, like what, what a cool guy. What a, what a genuinely cool guy. What a oh, man. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, so good. Anyway, we'll get uh, to him. And then also Nicolas Cage is 
great. He is the perfect distillation for Lynch's obsession with 1950s Americana. Mm. As the Greek philosophers theorised, he's the ideal man who wants to live the truly good life where they can be in tune with the truth and achieve their ultimate goals. But he's also a survivor in a violent world and being a man of action means he can't think his way through most problems. He can only (laughs) act. But his heart is pure and that is what makes him so attractive to Lulu. Where do you stand on Cage in general? Or what do you think of him in this role? Like, where would you put this performance? Uh, hi. I think, yeah. I think Cage is a genius. And yeah. I don't think it's for the reason that... It, I think people diminish him when they go, well, he's crazy Cage. Yeah. I think that Cage has basically... He hasn't invented a new form of acting. He's yeah. taken stuff that has previously existed... But he is doing something that is so much more nuanced and layered than most people give him credit <laughs> yeah. for. Most people think it's just crazy for the sake of crazy. A lot, And a lot of those same people would say Lynch movies are crazy for the sake of yes. being crazy. Yes. Nicolas Cage does in his acting a very similar thing to what Lynch does in his directing in that it's expressionistic it's kabuki. Yeah. It's the feeling of what yeah. it is to be crazy or yeah. in love or whatever it is. So <laughs> yeah. it's 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 like German expressionism, you know. Yeah. It's uh, I don't know if you've seen Mandy. No, uh, I haven't. Well, there's there's a scene in Mandy where he experiences a profound tragedy, and there's just a locked off shot of him in his underwear, covered in blood, uh, sculling a bottle of vodka. Right. And just scre- like screaming. Right. And it's like, I mean, if you watch it in isolation, it's like, there he goes again. Wacky right. cage. Right. But if you watch it in the context, and it's and it still is funny because he's yeah. there going, ah, ah, yeah. ah, ah. Like, yeah. Oh, Jesus, man. But at the same time, it's like what he's just witnessed is so beyond the pale. Yeah. And yeah, the acting might be out of control, but it is, representa- is representative of how what would be happening in your brain if you had actually just seen what he just saw. Yeah. And you would be pouring a bottle of alcohol on yeah. your brain to try and kill yourself. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. To just stop the thoughts. Yeah. And it's like, so in the exaggeration, what he depicts becomes more real than if it was acted like Marlon Brando or something like right. that. Like the Stanislavski school or whatever. Like yeah. it's it's so so I think he's I think Cage is a fucking genius. Yeah, I think so too. I've got a really good uh, quote from him uh, later on uh, which uh, gets into his approach for this and I wonder if it uh, 
not just his approach for this role, but how it's affected him mm. moving forward. Uh, by the time Sailor gets out of jail and reunites with Lulu, this becomes a road movie with a smattering of The Wizard of Oz. Normally, road movies are about rebellion against uh, what society deems normal, but the added flavour of The Wizard of Oz heightens the experience and makes the journey much more dangerous. Mm. Uh, what do you think of this framework for the story? Is this where you kind of feel like the framework for the story is good, but this is where, you know... We could lose twenty minutes here. The Wizard of Oz stuff. Oh, just just the framework of the road, and you know. I just I, I there's there's no one sequence that I think could be lost. I just think there's certain sequences where, like, yeah, all right, like just sh- shave thirty seconds out of there, twenty five seconds out of there. But the the framing um, of the Wizard of Oz is it it, may, it reminded me of when I because Wizard of Oz was a very big movie for me as a kid, and. I was ter- like terrified of the witch, right? Te- like just terrified of her. Yeah, uh, and you know the gazing into the crystal ball—that that idea that she's watching you, even though oh, you don't yeah. know where the fuck she is. Yeah. Uh, I, rem- I I still remember really clearly the scene where Dorothy gets locked in the tower and she turns the hourglass over and like, when the sand runs out you will die yeah. Oh, God. yeah um and so i uh transplanting that memory of because you know past the age of six it's like the wizard of oz isn't scary right but if you remember what it was when the wizard of oz was scary yes that idea of lulu projecting the witch onto her mother yeah you know, you really understand that childlike terror that she's got of yes. of this force, this force of nature. That she can't escape, that is always watching, always watching over her, no matter what she yeah, does, yeah, no matter yeah. how far away she gets. It's always there in the background. Or, or flying next to the car. Yeah. Right and, there. And sending out her goddamn monkeys yeah, the to monkeys, take, yeah. take them out. Totally. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. such a terrifying movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's grotty and yeah. it's... it's, uh, uh, it's, it's like it is, as I said, it was. Uh, this watch wasn't as much fun as I've had in the past, but I felt like I really. Maybe it's because looking at it differently and thinking about the podcast and things yeah, to talk yeah, about yeah. so so chunky. Yeah. Uh, one of the early favorite moments in the film is when they're dancing to Power Mad and Sailor must Great. defend his girl's honor. To which, by the way, I love it when <laughs> Lulu immediately is like, ah. Oh, that's all right. You, yeah. just, you just bumped into the wrong girl. Yeah, yeah. And then Sailor just launches into Elvis Presley's <laughs> Love Me and Power Mad are just there for yeah. it, you know. Yeah, all right. We've just been doing speed metal, but if... Yep, let's do it. <laughs> Playing instruments that they don't even have. <laughs> yeah, it, like it's amazing. And, and the, uh, and the screaming screams girls. from somewhere else. Uh, this feels like every young boy's dream of how to be a man when they grow up, right? 100%. <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, when you're 11. Yeah, I will defend my girls on it, and I will sing Elvis. <laughs> and there'll be a band that will want to get to. But it also speaks to the naivety of the characters and the innocence yeah. and and everything as well. Uh, Marietta is hilarious, and Diane Ladd is in full force in this film. Her old lady sexuality and manipulation is well on display. Uh, in fact, there's there's all sorts of fascinating women. Uh, and and uh, archetypes of women yeah. on display in this film. There's the scary woman played by Grace, Grace Zabrinsky. Like, Jesus terrifying. Christ. She's terrifying. Yeah. I mean, Grace Zabrinsky is just generally terrifying. Right. Um, but in this movie, it's like, oh, God. Like, they, like everything about her. And then, and then she's, once again... Uh, like she's sexual and sensual, yeah. and yeah, yeah, but yeah. in that way where you're like, ah. yeah, 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 
is like I don't know if she's sensual. I think it's like an, it's a it's a it's like a primal force of yeah, and it's the kind of sleazy sexual energy that's usually relegated to male characters in films. Yeah. Like it's an aggressive, yeah. hateful sexual energy, yeah. a, a, molest, a molestation force. It's, yeah. It's 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 an energy that you don't often see depicted by female characters in yeah, movies. Yeah, and she is out of control. Yeah. Uh, Sherilyn Fenn as the doomed girl in the car oh, yes. accident. Uh, Isabella Rossellini as the cold uh, Perdita Durango. Yeah. And then balancing out the mum, we have Cheryl Lee as the good witch. Uh, what do you think of all these different representations of women in relationship with... Lulu, we can maybe go through them one at a time. I, I kind of saw the girl in the accident as another innocent and possibly a warning to Lulu to to be careful that yeah, yeah. you're on where you're going somewhere, but if you're not careful, you're going to end up in this situation. Yeah. It's a it's um it's a it's an arresting performance from Fen, and she's only in it for a few minutes. Yeah, it's pretty full on, right? When she yeah. starts puking blood everywhere. Oh my so, god! Come on, man. And and of course, once again, you know this is full Twin Peaks. Yeah. And it's like, oh, Sherilyn Fenn's in it. Oh, my God, she's gone. Audrey Horn's dying. Yeah, uh, and uh, uh, Grace Zabriskie's character, just as you said, it's this um, elemental. She's like Kali the Destroyer. You know the Kali, the the Hindu god Kali? Yes. It dances on the corpses of the world. Oh, yeah. Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. And uh, Rossellini is, uh, like, really effective as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, You know, she's... um, Cold, yeah. immaculate, has no interest in um, in uh, niceties or mantis-like the, predatory. Yeah, yeah, I'm over here now, yeah. and it doesn't matter what we've experienced in the past. I've obviously had something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, I feel like uh, Cheryl Lee is the good witch. Kind yeah. of works on a couple of levels. Yeah. One is from the, of course, the Wizard of Oz side of things as the. Um, as the parallel to yeah. Crazy Diane Ladd, mm-hmm. and, but also uh, she's you know once again taking on the what what Laura Palmer was denied to be. A hundred percent, yeah. I, th- I, I really th- the you know the resonance of of Laura Palmer showing up, the, the actress play- that plays Laura Palmer being the the good witch. Yeah. As a, you know, if you're uh, spending a lot of time in Lynch World, yeah, it has you know it has resonance. It has absolute resonance, and it wasn't just a um coincidental casting i can't believe no no you know it's um but man diane ladd is um i mean it is her and willem dafoe yeah i i they're the the mvps of the movie i I actually say diane ladd is the mvp of the movie she is so fucking funny really she's so funny (laughs) don't you wanna fuck mama oh my lord (laughs) yeah it's so good and then her meltdowns and her flipping on what oh, she wants done. And when then, she's painting her face in the lipstick. With the lipstick. Like, oh, or slitting her wrist with the lipstick. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> like, it is... Like, the, 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 the lipstick on the face is such a... I don't know why, but, like, I've, I've seen really violent films and I find that to be... It's, it's too much. Much more disturbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the, it's like the layer of her face has been taken off. Like, oh, yeah, it's really yeah, yeah. awful. yeah. 
uh, yeah, it's like she's stripped yeah. back her real face. And this is what I look yeah, like underneath. Really and it's red and it's raw and <laughs> yeah. it's angry and yeah, it's yeah, sad. Yeah. And, and the flecks of vomit on the church. Oh, chin. my it's God. Like, I mean, it's a full... You talk about full tilt performances. Yeah. Brave full tilt. of Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can't imagine when they were shooting those scenes that when they yelled cut, everyone on set didn't burst out laughing. Right. Like, she's yeah. so funny. Yeah, she's great. And also the fact that it's Laura Dern's real mum. Like, I see, I didn't know that until this morning when David um, Stratton said right. it. Right. Yeah, and that... that <laughs> Uh, that makes it all. That makes it all funnier to me yeah, yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, imagine them, you know, over over family dinner, uh, breaking down their Jesus. experience. Uh, meanwhile, the men are a mess or awful. So we have uh, we have the weak father that we never see, but obviously gets himself into trouble yeah. and gets taken out in in the fire. Mm-hmm. We have. Nice little tasty cameo from Crispin Glover as Dell with the oh, cockroaches. Fantastic. And cutting the sandwiches. Cutting the sandwiches like yeah. <laughs> poor mum. Yeah. What are you doing? I'm making sandwiches. <laughs> like, it's too much. It's too much. Uh, we have the awful uncle and we have Marcelos Santos who is... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Terrifying. Like he is so gross. Um, I, oh, and you forgot. Mr. Reindeer. Harry Dean Stanton. Uh, oh no! I was who's uh, Mr. Reindeer? Oh, Mr. Reindeer, of yeah. course. Like uh, doing business while taking a shit and having that girl in underwear in the yeah, toilet yeah, with him yeah. is like representative representative of the corruption of wealth and how you have no scruples to keep it, gain it, or both. Totally, like he totally. is like he's so clean and pristine, and he has that dinner, and he just yeah. has random like it's. That, oh. That whole sequence reminded me of uh, One-Eyed Jacks from Twin Peaks. Yes. The, just the perversion. You yes. Know? And I'm not against sex workers or prostitution or anything, but the, 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 this unseemliness that's introduced into this world, it's not even about the sex workers or anything. No. There, there, there's, there's a grotty power play going on yeah. that is um, a level of objectification that is not, Pleasant. There's there, there's a there's a sinister undercurrent to it that's really off-putting. Well, it's also really dismissive, and uh, the the fact yeah. that he doesn't pay attention to it is, yes. but still just has it, has there. it there. That's right. That's kind yeah, of yeah, the yeah, yeah, part yeah. that is, yeah, uh, the the grottiest. They're form. like living statues or something. Yeah, and it's like it uh, it reminded me of. Um, of uh, One-Eyed Jacks, but it also made me think, uh, it, like I rewatched Eyes Wide Shut recently, which I really enjoyed. <laughs> That's great. But, you know, it was like Kubrick doing weird is still <laughs> nothing like oh, yeah. the, the... Like, I would love to have imagined having <laughs> this kind of grot and, like, Tom Cruise would have melted. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like not, not the character, the actor. The actor would have melted. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. wouldn't have coped with that at all. Um, then, uh, of course... Uh, Johnny Farragut is... Harry Dean. Yeah. So good. Really great. So, what a simp. Like, but it's funny because they all talk about him like, well, once he's on your case, you'll never get away. And it's like, <laughs> how? Sweaty little fucking... Oh, just wants to sit in his room and watch horrific nature documentaries. Barking at the TV. Barking, <laughs> like, what are you doing? And then also a big shout out to Jack Nance as his character is known as Double O Spool. But I had initially written him down as the oink guy. <laughs> like, what's going on with that dude? Yeah, I love Jack Nance. He's so great. Uh, all of the men are, you know, you, like it really, 
it really helps uh, point out why Sailor's such a catch because yes. of his inherent decency. Even yes. if uh, even if he, someone coming at him with a knife doesn't only result in him taking them out, but making sure caving the back of their head in, <laughs> they can't have an open <laughs> coffin funeral. Like fucking hell. <laughs> Um, and Johnny's torture scene is confronting. These are the scenes, along with the excessive violence, that makes you feel constantly afraid for our heroes. Yeah. That evil lurks not just around the corner, but exists solely to extinguish anything pure that can get their hands on. Mm, and yeah. it is it, like it's. A, I I can understand why people don't like it, but I think it's important as the contrast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What, you, you can understand why people don't like those scenes? Yeah, lots of people find this movie too violent and it's too com- over the top. Really? It's completely in line with everything else Lynch has done. Yeah. I don't think well, it's any more violent than other, you know, Fire Walk With Me, my God. Right. Well, another movie that was... Uh, yeah, well... <laughs> I mean, we, we haven't even got to Inland Empire yet, but I'm yeah. almost terrified to watch that movie. Yeah. People talk about that movie like it's the videotape from The Ring. Right, yeah. Like it's, <laughs> only, like it's a cursed movie. Yeah, well, I've only ever watched it once and oh. uh, and had a pretty unique experience of just watching it and then walking around the lounge for about 25 minutes going, well, you've got to make a decision and do something with the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just keep doing circle work here. <laughs> um, also, uh, because we're shitting on uh, the, the majority of the men in this movie, and rightfully so, on the flip side, I love the old guy at the roadhouse who's just sitting out the front, snapping his fingers oh, to yeah. the music. He's admiring Lulu for her youth and beauty. <laughs> and I love that Lulu knows and revels in it. Yeah. And it shows her comfort with how, uh, with who she is, even though she has been treated so awfully in her life. Mm. And he's just kind of, he, he doesn't <laughs> want anything from it other than he's enjoying it. And then yeah. they just drive off and it's like this moment of sweetness along the road, isn't it? It is. It is. It's that, it's that um, you know, it's, it's, it's an interaction that is, often or mostly depicted as lecherous or gross. Yes. Whereas it, it is, there's a sweetness in an older man who's clearly not, he's not being lecherous, but he's also not denying the fact that he's admiring something very beautiful. Uh, and, 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 enjoying, she and she's enjoying it. it too. Like it's yeah. just, yeah. It's, it's, she knows what it is and she's yeah. snapping back and yeah. sailors meanwhile going, I'll just put petrol in the car yeah. and then we'll drive off. You know. It's, it's a really sweet moment. It's, it's a, it's a, yeah. <laughs> it reminded me a little bit of when, when, uh, when my grandpa was still alive and occasionally him and some waitress at a restaurant that was, she was like 40 years younger than him. And they, you know, it was that harmless flirting with both. It was, there was nothing sexual about it. Yeah. There was nothing lecherous about it. Yeah. It was, it was, you know, just cheeky. Yeah. And very sweet. I think that's, um, you know, I think that's one of the things that uh, Lynch does is that mm. he does admire the female form mm. and he does admire women. And it's uh, yeah. it's funny, it's like, um, you know, I said that I uh, saw that El Mardava film and, uh, you know, the women in that are all different shapes and sizes and yeah. uh, ages and, you know, he's a man who has always found Mm. Women more interesting than men, and, mm. and it shows in the way his his camera depicts them, and lovingly yeah. so as yeah. well. Um, another great quote in the film from Lulu: "It's just shocking sometimes when things aren't what they th- what you thought they are." <laughs> Uh, and doesn't this just sum up perfectly the tragedy of youth? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess life is like this, this, and this, and then eventually you're like, oh, yeah. no, oh, no, oh, no. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's ultimately what we decided, uh, we, we believe Blue Velvet's about. Yeah. You know, that, that transition from youth and 
you know, that moment where you're suddenly like, oh, the veil is lifted. Yeah. And I can't unsee what I've seen. Yeah. And somehow I need to integrate this new knowledge with the old and not turn into, you know, the, the, the bitter humorous per- people that we were talking about before. Yeah, don't it's, allow this uh, experience to uh, become the dominant experience mm, in yeah, your life. Yeah, that's right. Like, you can be knowledgeable. Yes. But you don't have to be... It doesn't have to invalidate the other right, stuff. Right, It's true that you can never go back. Yeah. And there's a mourning that comes with that. Yeah. There's a grief that comes with the loss of innocence or the loss of enjoyment for thing that you used to love that no longer works and whatever but yeah it's i mean the fuck it's 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 a it's full-on man oh yeah <laughs> it's a full-on struggle yeah and it is you know it's it's a different experience for everyone depending mm. on you know some people experience stuff much younger before they have time oh, to yeah. really get their heads around it and then yeah. some people can experience it at exactly the right time mm. and then some people can be blindsided. Oh yeah, you know it's um, it's coming for you one way or another. Though it, it, it's <laughs> coming on a long enough time scale, yeah. one way or another. Yeah. <laughs> Reality's gonna fuck you. Yeah. Uh, the stopover in Big Tuna is creepy as hell. Mm. What's what's the scariest place you've been to in, in, in your travels? Oh, that's an interesting one. Uh, I. I l- there was a place in Edinburgh called The Narrows. Oh, yeah. Even the name, The Narrows. Yeah. You don't even have to describe it. Yeah. That I found myself in late at night. I, 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 I made the rookie mistake of I'd been partying at a dude's house. Yeah. It's 2 a.m. Yeah. I was lazy. Oh, I'll just cut through The Narrows. <laughs> and it was one of those things where it was a really long... Long path that you could see all the way from the start to the finish. Right. And I was high and it was Edinburgh Festival. So I was all like, yeah, this is great fun. And it, I got to the middle of the path, which is path was probably about a kilometer and a half long. Right. And I, when I got to the middle, I, my gut suddenly turned to water and I was like, this is a terrible, terrible mistake. You should not be here. Yeah. It's like, you, you, you know, when you know, it's like something ancient in you goes off and you're like, yeah. this is bad. But it was like, well, you're halfway to turn around now. You're walking, walking the same amount of time. Just keep, just keep pressing on. Um, and uh, a couple of minutes later, th- the sil- silhouette of three very large men start walking towards me. And I, I've, to this day, I've never been so afraid in my entire life. Right. I was so afraid. Uh, and as they got closer, one of them started like putting his hand in his open fist in his open hand like that as he's coming towards me. Yeah. And I basically surrendered to like, they're going to beat the shit out of me. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be fucking left for dead in this, in the narrows. Uh, And when they got to me, they surrounded me in a semicircle and said, do you have a lighter? Uh, And I was like, so afraid. All I wanted to do was like pull out the line and go, just take it. Yeah. And, but I knew straight away, like if you do that, you are dead. Yeah. And so I pulled the lighter and go, there you go. And they lit the cigarette and, and whatever, it all dispersed and everything. But it was, uh, I've usually got a good spider sense for staying out of bad, scary places. Oh yeah. But you've been having a good time and you didn't think you're not thinking. Yeah. And it was a real, it was a real wake up call. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty lucky. I usually don't, don't find myself in situations like that. No, that's uh man. Do you reckon they were playing up to it? 
Maybe. Or were I was they so, just scary? I was so fucking afraid. They were not, I mean, Edinburgh's a fucking terrifying place, man. Yeah. I don't like, you know, like... Have you been to Glasgow? No, but yeah, no I haven't yeah. been to Glasgow. <laughs> but, you know, we saw some pretty fucking scary people in that yeah. place. I yeah. mean, you know, Scottish people are hilarious and a lot of fun, but uh, at 2 a.m. in the Narrows? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Have you got a late mate? Yeah, that's a, that's a country that's had a, a tough history. Yeah, you know, And yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's it's... At the surface, mm, constantly. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, there's been some towns in uh, in Australia that I've been to that uh, at night have been. I might lock the screen door and the door. Wake in fright. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it's uh, that that heat as well, like yeah. that heat that's coming off the roads that uh. just kind of makes everyone a bit on edge and a bit yeah. sour and. Yeah. Uh, that's been pretty creepy. I have been in a situation where uh, we, we've talked about this as a generalisation, but um, in a in a in a bar in Adelaide at like four or five in the morning, and some guy talking to me uh, quite nicely, and then mm-hmm. um, and then um, him bringing up something about Vietnam, and you know when uh, and you just go, so whatever. I say next has to be right on the money <laughs> yeah. because I'm going to be shivved. And it was, uh, my approach was, by the way, I sobered up very quickly. Mm. And um, <laughs> I, what I did was I went very few words, concise sentences, mm. and then move it on, you know? And no personal opinions. Yeah. <laughs> Vietnam, I have never heard of such a thing. <laughs> I love fair. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, me from another world. Your language is new to me. Uh, th- there's, you know, when they're hanging out in the back as well, there's that weird display of magic as well that yeah. might like just just that little. It's so effective, but just that little display of magic yeah. is just another reminder that there's forces at work that. Yeah. Our heroes can't comprehend. Yeah, well, and they're just staying one step ahead of just, just not, not even like a third of a step ahead. Yeah. Well, ma- magic in Lynchland is never um, a nice trick. It's always got a sinister edge to it. Yeah. Uh, again, sorry, but I'm not going to apologise for the Twin Peaks references. It's fucking rife through his work. Yeah. But there's the 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 the, the great sequence in. Um, in uh, the return, where I, one of the most evil characters ever um, pulls a coin from behind someone's ear, and then to freak them out, flips the coin into the air, but the coin never lands. Yes, and it's one of the most, it's one of the most <laughs> creepy fucking things yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah, and it really s- sketches the other guy out, <laughs> yeah. and he's supposed to be a tough guy. Yeah, like really not not into it. Yeah, it's <laughs> like no, I'm tough in this world where haymakers connect yeah. and I get shit done, but you just did something yeah. that I. Don't comprehend. I'm not tough when gravity's not in the equation. Like, what just happened? <laughs> of course, this is also where the, the pawn's being made and we oh. see the large ladies mm. and the lingerie just randomly dancing and yeah. then Willem Dafoe comes in swinging his dick from as the Bobby shadows. Peru, from the shadows. Yeah. Uh, 
Babaloo. What What do you find more shocking? The the large actors dancing in the lingerie before they return to their porn shoot or Peru's tiny teeth? Oh, the, <laughs> the <yeah>. teeth. <laughs> it's got to be the teeth, right? Yeah, the teeth are extremely confronting. Oh. It's not just the teeth, it's the way, because uh, in this little interview that I saw where he says it's his most fully realised performance, he talks about the fitting of the, he just thought it was going to be they were just going to paint his teeth, but he yep. got fully fitted dentures. Dentures, yeah. Uh, and he was talking about how it completely changed the structure of his, his face. face. yeah. Uh, and he's like, you know, it jutted my jaw out, and so all of a sudden you couldn't help but be lascivious. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a phenomenal performance, and he's so... And also, once again, uh, the fact that he is fucking ugly in this film, <laughs> yeah. but has all this... Sexual confidence, yeah, 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 is yeah. Jesus Christ, yeah. I don't, I don't trust a guy that that ugly who doesn't uh, feel self conscious about being that ugly. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, come on, mate. Like, he just doesn't give a shit. Um, <laughs> it reminds me of some of the conversation, the conversation we had with a with Adam after uh, we finished our Dread podcast. <laughs> Save it for the Patreon, yeah. maybe. No. Anyway, uh, also, of course, I just yeah. You just remember what I was talking about. That woman, that would not be going anywhere. Oh my! Um, Lulu just vomiting all over the floor and not cleaning it up for me is almost as confronting as Peru's teeth. Uh, suddenly, the romantic runaway is about to be brought back to reality with impending responsibility. Yeah. It 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 makes sense that Sailor's easily manipulated into one last heist, isn't it? Like because yeah. he's he's not a he's not a thinker. Well, he's not smart, no. No, he's a doer. Well, he's uh, pure animal instinct. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's not... Uh, he, if you're talking about that, it, the evolution of man chart, he's not, he's not on the right side of it. No, no. <laughs> but it, uh, it, all, uh, it all leads to this uh, awful situation. Uh, Peru's awful physicality with Lulu, followed by his double cross of sailor, makes his death one of the more satisfying in the limp cannon for me. Fantastic. Like, not, not, not only... Fantastic. Like... The fact that he does it by accident and then his head flies like a watermelon into the wall. But also he, it's like the character that he's played up until that turn, that's not a normal turn. That's not the turn from like, oh, I was sleazy and now I'm showing you my evil side. He's like full on transformed into some demon. Yeah. Like, like when that, he's like, they're, they're blank, sucker. Oh, and yeah. his nose is all squashed with the, up. With the stocking over yeah, it and like, his teeth look even worse. Yeah, like he's gone cr- like crazy. Yeah. He's blown those two guys away. Yeah. And he's just like... <laughs> it's like, what, where is this malice coming from? Yeah. Like, why are you so evil now? Yeah. Like, you were evil before. Like, clearly you were evil before. But it's like... It's but this like, is like psychotic crazy shit now well it's like now he's had the taste he's got this like the shark with the blood frenzy yeah, isn't right, it you know yeah, and yeah. Uh, once he just starts to act it just there's <laughs> no, no performance anymore this is what it is and yeah. it, once again even even in that scene he makes me laugh he's when, fucking he, when he's like putting the bullets okay <laughs> <laughs> also a big shout out to the dog that runs off with the guy's hand <laughs> Like, I'm not sure what that adds to the... But is that Toto coming in and yeah, uh, just running off <laughs> on the yellow brick road? Like, it's probably just Lynch had living it. Uh, we got a hand. Get me a dog. Uh, so good. Um, 
but yeah, and uh, interestingly, even the even the shootout, like everything doesn't like it, it's kind of the, the shootout feels almost like a violent seventies cop show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah, uh, Sailor is great in this moment. You know, the screaming when he yeah. <laughs> realizes he's being double crossed. No! It's kind of his scream is. It's the scream of someone who knows that he should have known better. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very funny scream. And then uh, Lulu is forced back to her mum by the physical manhandling of Santos, uh, Mm. which is, at that point, you're feeling a bit like, oh, no, this is awful. Mm. But then when we see her six years later, Lulu is anything but a victim. Mm. And, uh, you know, she's a mother with uh, a new found sense of independence and strength. And because of that, she can finally expel her mother from her life and uh, the glass of water just melts her away. It's, That's right. Uh, it's, it's, it's like this whole experience of yeah. going home yeah. and having the child. It's like she's now, she's gone from almost being a, uh, uh, an, uh, like a, a Marilyn Monroe kind mm. of icon to suddenly being a fully realised character and a, well, yeah. a, 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 a fully rounded woman now. Yeah, and her... A, even the way Laura Dern plays her is she's a woman now. Yeah. Uh, A lot of the kind of more girlish aspects of the performance aren't there in that final 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, But it had to be that way. It's it's no longer her being rescued or dependent on someone for escape. It's her autonomous decision to walk away. Yeah. So it's the full... When you, you know, earlier when you said this is the story, this is her story. Yeah. That's... That's the that's the full circle story. Yes, it's it's her making the choice. Well, that's why it's so hard when you see them reunite because mm. he, I think he kind of gets it. Yeah, like it, because he, you know even though he chooses at first to walk away from her, it comes from a good place because he's been inside for six years and he's still sailor and he, yep. he probably, I think he's incorrect, but he's just like well look at this woman with this child and I haven't been around and mm-hmm. he's fucking funny with the kid. <laughs> like, his sincerity to the kid yeah, is, yeah, yeah. is glorious. But uh, it's also, um, you know, reuniting with someone that you were once mm, in love with mm. is... It's it's funny when you spend time with an ex like that because it's someone you've been intimate with and you know in so many ways, but, mm. you, but so much time has passed, you can kind of look and go, how... How did that happen? Oh, like, yeah. How were we connected? But yeah. you were. Well, the, both of you were different people. Exactly. And that's, uh, I think that's the uh, the moment that he's really str- uh, yeah. struggling with. Um, and, you know, I think she doesn't run after him like she's upset, but I think she kind of gets his choice in that moment, even though it makes her really sad. Yeah, I think she also knows she'll be okay. Yeah. Sailor chooses to leave and is immediately surrounded by a gang of youths. His reaction to them seems slightly out of character, and they're right, and they rightfully knock him out. Uh, what do you think of the appearance of uh, Glinda the Good Witch? I think it's uh, I think it's Lynch at his highest camp yeah. in any movie ever. Yeah, it feels like a John Waters moment, doesn't they, it? They, yeah. they, our, our great friend Alexi, his review on Letterbox uh, right. talks about that this film feels like the perfect melding of David Lynch and John Waters. Oh, does he? And yeah, I think right. that is a perfect summation. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, good work, Alexi. Uh, I, I saw that in this viewing. I saw that mm. as a manifestation of his feminine side to offset that ugly man- masculinity he showed to the gang. Yeah. Because, it, like, he, <laughs> the f bomb that he drops just comes out of nowhere. Oh, I think that he wants to feel something. Yeah, yeah. It's like those it's, guys it's, that go. 
it's antagonistic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah the yeah. guys that walk into the pub, you know, wanting to get the shit kicked out of them. Yeah. Uh, and there's also something touched because, you know, Cheryl Lee kind of has a little bit of a Laura Dern look as well. Mm. So, you know, it's just a, uh, uh, I feel like it is his feminine side just kind of coming out and mm. kind of going, you know. Chill out, buddy. Mate, it's all right. You can you can work through this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And once again, it's, you know, it's melodramatic and it's over the top, but it is quite moving. It's great. Yeah. And then uh, everything turned pear-shaped for our lovers when they find the car accident with Cheryl and Fenn. Yet the story comes full circle because a car accident this time allows Sailor to not only run after Lulu, but reunite with her. It's a happy and romantic ending as he sings the one song he said he would only sing to his wife, Elvis's Love Me Tender. Uh, I'm guessing you you love the ending? (laughs) Yeah, of course. Yeah. (laughs) I also like the choice of just credit roll. Yeah. Like not in like just rolling the credits over it. Yeah. It's fine. It's great. This is the end and yeah. we're going to finish we're going to finish right here cuz there's literally nothing to add yeah, to this movie. I've given you everything I can for this film and this is the end. With that absurd uh prosthetic broken nose. <laughs> like he's singing with it and she's still looking at him with love and the little boy sitting there thinking what is happening? Uh, Glinda's words If you're truly wild at heart You'll fight for your dreams Don't turn away from love Makes the film Deeply romantic In an unironic way A lot of Lynch's movies Get ugly and grotty But they also Often lead to Good persevering Like Blue Velvet Or Laura's Ascendance In Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me And that's also With that in mind You know We discussed That's why I do think Twin Peaks The Return If you kind of Watch those endings The way uh, you know the the two mm. last movies. I am starting to come around to thinking of that as actually a positive ending. I'll, I, yeah, I, I will keep it in mind on my next rewatch. Yeah, it just um, it, it starts to feel like with the work that he creates, it feels like that that's kind mm. of where it's at for me. Mm. Uh, where does this sit amongst the Lynch oeuvre for you? Uh, look, I think I appreciate it. I, I've I've very much enjoyed this conversation. And look, it's an embarrassment of riches, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I, it probably is on the lower end, but that's not because it's a bad movie. It's just, for me, it's like a Razorhead, Mulholland Drive. These these are the movies that really yeah. pop for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 great. Yeah, it's uh, it's I, I reckon it's yeah, it's it's funny, isn't it? It's uh, I think. Um, I think maybe if I wasn't feeling so tired in general mm. from the start of this year, mm. like it would be higher for me. But yeah. when you're tired, it's like, yeah, of course. this is a fucking assault yeah. on this on my emotional senses. Oh, totally. Well, <laughs> strap in for the next movie that yeah. we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Jesus, better get ready for that. Uh, I've got some squid bits for you. Jennifer Lynch, David's daughter, said in a 2021 interview that her father only yelled at her on one occasion. Mm. It was when he caught her looking through a copy of the book Helder Skelder, a true crime account of the Manson murders. She said, he squatted down in front of me and I remember the sunlight surrounding his head. And he said, there is darkness and then there is light and then there is evil. (laughs) He then grabbed the book out of her hands and threw it across the yard and said, this is evil. <laughs> he's, he's right. He's the best. He's the best. Oh, man. Imagine that's the <laughs> only darkness time. Darkness and light and evil. <laughs> that's the only time he ever yelled at her. What a legend. And that was because he was just like afraid for him. Yeah, that's what yeah, that yeah. was. That's, totally. That's like, you, don't run in front of the yeah, car yeah, yeah. and not look both ways. That's, you know? that's the good shouting. Yeah. 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 
Uh, the move, this movie came about because when Dino De Laurentiis filed for bankruptcy, contractual complications tied up two of Lynch's side projects, which were Ronnie Rocket and One Saliva Bubble. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, um, independent production company Propaganda Films commissioned Lynch to develop an updated noir screenplay based on a 1940s crime novel. Uh, an associate producer, and for some reason I didn't write down his name, I was tired, uh, on Twin Peaks asked Barry Gifford what he was working on. Mm. And uh, he got uh, the manuscript for the book Wild right, at Heart. Right, right, right. Uh, didn't have the last two chapters, so, so we read it. Uh, he, uh, Gifford said, I'm up to here, so if you want to read this. Yeah. And this associate producer loved it and asked Lynch to come and help out with it. And Lynch said, well, what happens if I like it and I want to direct it? And uh, Lynch read it and he... Loved it. So the guy said, oh, okay, well, why don't you direct it? And he's an associate producer. Ah, oh, right. Yeah, okay. so they swapped. Uh, so then Lynch swapped from the uh, 40s crime novel book to, to make this. Uh, Lynch said his first draft was pretty depressing <laughs> and pretty much devoid of happiness. He didn't like the ending to Gifford's book. Uh, where Sailor and Lulu split up for good. Yeah, he didn't like not. that yeah. because he just didn't feel like it was right. Like yeah. he just didn't think those characters would split up. Yeah. So he decided uh, he would change that. And it was at this point his love of The Wizard of Oz began to influence his writing. Perfect. Uh, Nicholas Cage called Lynch at one point and asked if he could wear a snakeskin jacket. And Lynch said yes and incorporated it into the script. It <laughs> <laughs> makes that line make more sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just, like, it's uh, it's even better. Yeah, of course. I haven't, I haven't gone through... I, the, the original script had so many quotes of all the lines, but and then I was like, this is going to be a two-hour... Like, we'll just be a recreation of <laughs> yeah, the script. Yeah. So, you know what? Maybe, uh, you know, watch the movie and you, you'll hear all the lines. But that 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 line of the snakeskin jacket being a symbol of his individuality and belief in personal freedom was a favourite line of mine for a couple of years yeah. after seeing the movie. Have I told you that before? Only about 500 times. So, oh, yeah. Only about 500 times, Taylor. Uh, once again, like an assault on my... 18-year-old four eyes. Um, Early test screenings of this film didn't go well. (laughs) At the first test screening, 80 people walked out during the graphic torture scene involving Johnny Farragut. Mm. Lynch decided not to cut anything from the film, and at the second screening, 100 people walked out during that scene. Lynch said, By then I knew the scene was killing the film, so I cut it to to the degree that it was powerful but didn't end people running from the theatre. Whoa, what happened in it? I don't know. That was part of what Wild at Heart was about. Really insane and sick and twisted stuff going on. <laughs> <laughs> so that scene, like, I already find that scene deeply affecting. So torture, because they don't remember them torturing him. Well, he's cut it. He cut the bits Whoa. that made, so Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah, that is a disturbing scene. It's, it's a weird film as well. Like, I don't think it's on the Criterion list. No. And it's like, no, it's no, just no, the no. Lynch... It's kind of like the the lost Lynch film in many ways. Yeah, not all Lynch is on Criterion. I mean, they get yeah. to everything eventually. Yeah. It's if interesting, they, if they though, that one's not there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, after the film finished at the Cannes Film Festival, it was booed by the audience and then... When it was announced that it was the winner of the Palme d'Or, the jeers almost drowned out the cheers with film critic Roger Ebert leading the jeers. Yeah. He uh, doesn't, he's, he's a noted not a great fan of Lynch. Yeah. 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 It, it, you know, it, he's just one of those directors that you go, I can't argue with that. Yeah. Like, I, I totally, yeah, totally get it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. The author of the book that the movie is based on, Barry Gifford, said... 
All kinds of journalists were trying to cause controversy and have me say something like, this is nothing like the book, or he ruined my book. I think everyone from Time magazine to What's On in London was disappointed when I said, this is fantastic. This is wonderful. (laughs) It's like a big, dark musical comedy. (laughs) Good on you, Gifford. Dern and Cage played similar characters in a two-minute piece that made up a larger avant-garde concert performance called Industrial Symphony No. 1, The Dream of the Brokenhearted, with music by Angelo Badalamenti and Mm. Julie Cruz. Mm. I found this quote for you. Mm. Uh, This is from Cage on theshelf.com, not from my previous uh, show, but a a site about his performance as Sailor. Wild at Heart was more my Andy Warhol performance than my Elvis performance. And what I mean by that is that, and I have to go back to a book by Stanislavski called An Actor Prepares Here, where he put forth the rule that you must never imitate anybody while acting, which I understand, but rules are made to be broken. And I wanted to put this to the test. So I thought about Andy Warhol and how he and his art would take pop icons and make poster art pieces with these famous faces. Having also been a believer in art synthesis, in other words, what you can do in one form, you can do in another, Mm -hmm. I was excited by the idea of breaking Stanislavski's rule and giving Andy Warhol performance by overlaying Elvis's aura on the film Wild at Heart. Yeah, man. He's a genius. Yeah, he's a fucking legend. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone thinks that, but yeah, I think they yeah. think it for not... But it's been yeah. like, a, you know, yeah. uh, I think we've talked about this before, but the, you know, when he did Kick-Ass and the director like three days in the street was like, what is happening here? He's so funny. And then he suddenly clicked, oh, he's doing Adam West Batman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, what a career, right? Remember when he was an action hero yeah. in the 90s? Yeah. Full on action hero. Con Air, Ridiculous. Off. Like... Nicholas Cage. Have you ever seen Bad Lieutenant Port of Call? No. Oh. It's, I've, so I've heard it's actually a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. Yeah. It's a masterpiece. It's a Werner Herzog movie. Yeah. And it is, it's it's brilliant. So It's so funny. So does it, is it a sequel to Bad Lieutenant? No, nah, no. Nah, it's, it's, it, it's just, an, it's, it's like in the Bad Lieutenant universe. The, yeah, that's what we need. <laughs> it's just a movie of. about a bad lieutenant. But, yeah. this, but he's like... He's truly unhinged, and yeah. it's, one of, it's one of the funniest. It's one of the flat-out funniest performances I've ever seen yeah. in my life. Because uh, I saw a Bad Lieutenant once, and I was oh, happy that I saw it. But Jesus Christ, Harvey Keitel! Yeah, anyone listening to this, if you've seen Bad Lieutenant, please look up the episode of Total Reboot where me and Alexi and Cam talk about Bad Lieutenant. Yeah. It's one of the funniest yeah. conversations I've ever had. Yeah, we got drunk as shit, watched Bad Lieutenant, and recorded it immediately after. Yeah, and that's... we were scandalized by that <laughs> yeah, movie. Yeah. <laughs> had you seen it before? That time? I'd seen it before, yeah, right. but we were we were scandalized. That feels like the right way to. Do it got that like film. we got three quarters of the way through. And we're like, how are we gonna? This is the dirtiest movie I've ever yeah. seen in my life. I don't know how we're going to talk about this. Yeah, and it's. I think I believe it's the only episode. A total reboot that Alexi does a disclaimer for, where oh, he's like, right. "I'm just, I'm just letting everybody know this is the grubbiest movie we've ever discussed, so you yeah. don't feel like you need to watch it." Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny you have those experiences. Like, um, uh, I'd never seen Wake and Fright, and uh, <laughs> a Gleason, filthy movie. Gleason got it on Blu-ray, no. and I was at his place, and. We were, you know, like, yeah. you know, Gleason's great to hang out with and you're having a laugh and then we're watching the movie and then halfway through after the Rue shooting scene, oh. he's like, shall we have a little break? <laughs> and I was like, yes. And we had a little break and it was, uh, we went outside and we, uh, this is how uh, scandalised I was by it. We got 
caught up in a conversation about Heath Franklin doing his Chopper impersonation and saying, how's he going to do Chopper now that Chopper's not alive? So we came up with this idea (laughs) that he could do Chipper, which was going to be a Chopper impersonation, but he was going to be the AFL legend Robert Dipier Domenico. (laughs) Uh, So it'd be exactly the same as Chopper, but he'd be Chipper and he'd just wear a Hawthorne Guernsey and at the end of each joke, he'd kick a little footy. That's how (laughs) scandalised we were where we came up with that and then was like laughing and then it was like... Ah, let's go back to the rest of the film. Had Gleason seen it before? He'd seen it yeah. before, so that's why. I think we talked. Me and yeah. talked about it the last last when, time we did this podcast. Yeah, and that's why he turned around and like he just kind of knew that I was so like I would have kept going, but, but he just knew on. we should have a little break. Yeah. Uh, Cage and Dern were the first choices for their roles. Dern broke her no nudity role for the film. She said, I was completely comfortable with it because that love story was so protected. There's never a moment where you feel anything is exploited. Uh, she, mm. she was really fascinated by the American and the European reviews where the Europeans just, just you yeah, know, of course, of course the Europeans just went, you were naked? Yeah, <laughs> and course. Americans were like, what? Oh my God. Uh, Nicholas Cage does his own singing in the film. He's got a great voice. Yeah. Yeah. He really does. Yeah, he does such a good job. Oh, he's awesome. Uh, this will make you laugh. Uh. Diane Ladd improvised a lot. Great. Lynch said... <laughs> Sorry, I'm stepping on your toes with no, this. No, but, yeah, uh, I feel I'm very um, offended. <laughs> she was bad at sticking to the dialogue, but she really loved to be seized by an emotion and to be carried away by it. It was quite something to contain all that energy. <laughs> <laughs> so she was just on a roll. Right. He was just like, let's go for it. Uh, you already pointed this out, but Defoe found the character through the teeth. Lynch mm. said as soon as he put them in, he talked a little differently and found a certain kind of smile. Yeah. Uh, this was Lynch's first collaboration with Harry Dean Stanton, who appeared in Twin Peaks, Fire Walk With Me, mm-hmm. The Straight Story, Inland Empire, and Twin Peaks, The Return. Yeah. And uh, I was going to save this quote for the end of, uh, you know, I do quotes at the end of the podcast, but I'll share this one with you now. Uh, Great Lynch quote, negativity is the enemy of creativity. And I think that is a very good quote. And it's good on you, David. Something I need to, uh, I try to always remember. Uh But... um, what a what a fun rewatch and yes. what a what a fun little journey, <laughs> and uh, thankfully uh, our next Lynch film is just so much more relaxing yeah. and so much calmer. <laughs> nice light watch. Just a just a just you know I might just have a little apple spritz while I'm watching it, <laughs> and uh, you know, and then uh, after I've stopped crying and uh, rolling around on the floor, I'll write up a script and we can uh, have record a, nice a chat. podcast. Yeah, that'll be nice. <laughs> Thank you to Ben for joining me today and thank you to the Longs, our Patreon subscribers, uh, supporters of this episode. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the shout out and I hope you enjoyed this episode. If the rest of you would like to subscribe, or not the rest of you, or just whoever's listening to this and you haven't already subscribed, if you'd like to, and uh, by doing so you support the work my friends and I are producing here, head over to patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton underscore Big Squid 
And you can also support the podcast by leaving a top review at Apple Podcasts or even recommending us to your friends. One more podcast this week with Garth Jones returning with the latest Past the Amel episode. We're discussing the Ozploitation classic Road Games. And then I'm taking next week off to get on top of some projects, uh, have a little mini break. There's a new episode of Beautiful Tales for the Disenchanted that's coming. And I'd like to just kind of nail that and then we'll be back the week after. So if you've missed a few episodes, uh, this is a good opportunity to catch up. Let's finish today's episode with a quote from Laura Dern. I wanted to go to Jupiter. That was my plan from day one, and David Lynch gave me the ticket. Ah, David Lynch, give me a ticket. I want to go to Jupiter too. Until then. fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.